0: Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet, showing you how to collapse timeframes in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm here to help. My my name is Nicholas Jensen, And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hello my friends and welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Hey, so today we're going to talk about the five attributes of the wealthy. So let me ask you a question. What if uh, you redistributed all the earth's money and wealth to everyone uh, individually? So if you think about this, if we took all of the money in the world and we basically divided it up equally between all of the individuals in the world, uh, do you think that that would benefit society? Or do you think it would be a detriment? Or the third option is, do you think it would even make a difference? So from my perspective, I actually don't think it would make a difference at all. And I think in the short term, what you would see is you would have some people feeling like they had just won the lottery. They haven't basically produced much in their lives. They don't have a lot of value to add. You redistribute the wealth. They get a lump sum or a pile of money. And they feel like, hey, man, we just uh, we just struck gold. And they probably feel that way on, on that end of the spectrum, right? But on the other end of the spectrum, you'd have some people feeling like they probably got gypped. But long term, what I think would happen is you would find every one of these individuals right back in the same boat. Because what would happen is just in a few short years, all of the wealth that you just redistributed would actually end up back in the hands of the people who had it before it was redistributed. And the reason that this happens or the reason that this would happen is because if you think about life in general and money's no different, anything or, or let me back up. If you think about being able to get an increase on anything in life, if you do not understand how it works, you're not going to be able to get an increase from it. So think about all areas and aspects of your life. If you don't understand it, talking about relationships, talking about health, talking about money, talking about business, talking about the job, whatever the case may be, if you don't understand how it works, there's no way for you to get an increase from it. So as most of you know, I grew up on a farm. So let me just kind of use this analogy here. If you're a city slicker, so let's say that you grew up in downtown New York City or downtown L.A. or downtown San Francisco, and basically you were surrounded by this concrete landscape your entire life, and then you were suddenly given a 100-acre farm with seeds, what are the chances that you're going to be able to make or be able to grow crops successfully? When you kind of think about that scenario, the chances of, the, of that happening are probably not very high simply because you don't have the attributes and the skill sets that a farmer has. And the, that the same principle applies to someone who's given a lump sum of money. They don't have the attributes and the skill sets needed to protect and or grow that money. So the reason that all of this money, if it was redistributed, would end up back in the wealthy's hands is because, they understand how to build wealth. They're just like a farmer who understands how to grow crops because they understand those principles and they have those different attributes. They're going to be able to gather those resources up and able, in order to be able to get that money to flow back to them. And, and it would probably happen in just a few, yeah, a few short years. So in my perusing, in my, um, travels if you will throughout uh, my 40 plus years of life there are five common or, or, or there's many reasons why or many attributes that the wealthy have but I would say these are the probably the five most common attributes that I see in clients uh, people that are kind of in my network and those individuals that I don't have access to but uh, that I've studied uh, about extensively and so number one would be education number two would be risk number three, Uh, would be resilience. Number four is leverage. And then number five is relationships. So let's just kind of go through each one of those fairly quickly. So let's start with education. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know my stance on education. I actually think formal education is mostly lacking results. And I think it's becoming less and less relevant in life. But on the other hand, I think continual education, self-education, is one of the most important things that you can pursue in life, is continually trying to improve yourself through self-education, through the resources that you have outside of the, the formal education framework. So let me kind of take myself for uh, as an example here. I have an MBA, but ultimately that is not where I learned how about business and, or making money. And you kind of think that that's maybe strange because I went to business school, right? Well, business school is a lot about theory. It's a lot about, um, conceptual ideas, but putting that stuff into practice is, is a completely different scenario. So most of what I learned, I actually learned from mentors I learned from self-education and then actually just putting things into experience, like trying things. That's where I would say that I learned most of, of my business and, and investing skills. It didn't come from a formal education. In fact, when you, when you look at an MBA these days, they're a dime a dozen. It may have been super relevant back in the seventies and eighties today, any monkey can, can get one. So when it comes to wealthy people, it, Many of them, if you kind of look the landscape of the most wealthy individuals uh, across the world, many of them have formal educations. But as many of them that have formal educations, there's an equal number who do not. So it's apparent, if you look at a formal education, it isn't a criteria. In fact, to to kind of be a little bit cynical here, You can look around and there are plenty of educated derelicts out there. They might have a lot of book knowledge, but they have zero common sense. And if you just glance in society today, you see it prevalent all over the place. But the one thing that all the wealthy people do have in common is they have been taught either by family, uh, by friends or a mentor about how money works and how to use it to their advantage. Those individuals who have put a huge emphasis on self-education, they seem to do the best. They seem to uh, build the the best businesses. They seem to have the best families. They seem to have the most wealth. Those individuals that are focused on self-improvement and self-education. And so in in the words of the late Jim Rohn, if you kind of look at education, he said, formal education will make you a living but self-education will make you a fortune. So education is number one, and self-education is is the emphasis there, not necessarily formal education. Uh, Number two, risk. There is risk in everything we do and every transaction we make. Uh, The wealthy understand this, and they understand that the amount of risk or what amount of risk is appropriate to take on, and then also how to mitigate that risk. So not everything that you do will work. Not every investment you make will work out. In fact, if you kind of look at the scope of all of your decisions, if you're right 50% of the time, then you're probably more successful or or making better decisions than than most people out there. So if you know that up front and you're looking at your investments and you're looking at opportunities. You start to look at those, into those uh, investments and opportunities from all angles while building in all these what-if scenarios. So this is what I think will happen, but what if it doesn't? What if X happens? What if Y happens? What if Z happens? And understanding the risk from all sides and then taking that risk into consideration and understanding if one of these scenarios happens, how do I pivot? Or how do I cut bait if it fails? And so that's number two is the wealthy understand risk. They understand how to mitigate it and they understand how to pivot when needed. And number three kind of goes along with uh, risk, which number three is resiliency. So the most successful people I've encountered in life also seem to have the most resiliency. As I talked about, they understand risk and they understand most of the things that they're going to try will not work out. But that doesn't stop them, right? They, they just keep moving forward. They keep pivoting when necessary. If they have a complete, utter failure, they simply pick themselves up, pull up their bootstraps, and start over, right? Oftentimes, we look at failure as a bad thing. And this is something that I think psychologically has been embedded in us from, from a young age. And even you know going back to education, it's even embedded uh, in us from the school system. But the most successful people look at these things as learning opportunities. They're okay to learn from their failures, and and having failures doesn't scare them, or letting failures happen, or or the anticipation of failure happening doesn't scare them. In fact, I I often think about this story that Russell Brunson tells in uh, I think it, I don't know if it was one in one of his books or his podcast. But he tells a story about meeting a potential investor or business partner. I can't remember exactly what the scenario was. But this guy simply wanted to know how Russell cycled. And Russell's like, oh, what cycle? And so the the investor, the business partner, goes on to explain: building something great is awesome. But unless you burnt it to the ground, and unless you've lost it all, you probably really don't understand what it took to be successful because we don't learn from our excesses we learn from our failures so this individual actually would not do business or would not invest with anybody who had not cycled so he expected people to build things up burn it to the ground because that's where they were going to learn what they needed to learn in order to build it again so uh number three resiliency the wealthy are super super resilient and willing to just keep moving forward. Number four, leverage, right? So oftentimes when we think about leverage, we think about financial leverage, but you can leverage almost anything. So you can leverage money. You can leverage resources. You can leverage systems. You can leverage people. Uh, the list could go on and on and on. So the wealthy understand how to leverage the many resources that are at their disposal. They leverage money, definitely. Uh, They use debt strategically, they build businesses, uh, or they use debt strategically to build businesses and to invest in, in different opportunities. But they also leverage systems and human capital to increase productivity and improve efficiencies, right? What you're able to get done in a day is minuscule compared to what you can leverage via systems and other individuals getting done in a day. So the wealthy understand this, they put people in place to help them exponentially grow their businesses and, and to grow their wealth. It goes back to the saying, would you rather have a hundred percent of your own production, or would you rather have a small sliver of a thousand people's production or a thousand systems production, right? So in order to grow or in order to become or build the wealth that, that you want, You're going to have to figure out how to leverage things, resources, systems, people, all of that stuff to to get more done. And along with leverage comes number five, which is relationships. Out of all of these attributes, number five is probably the most important. So the wealthy understand their most valuable resources or the most valuable resource they have are the relationships within their network. They take time to nurture and strengthen them. So oftentimes these relationships are nurtured at, um, uh, you know, over dinner, at, at the bar, during network events, um, during business conferences, all of that kind of stuff, but, but they consciously make an effort or they're proactive about building these relationships, about nurturing these relationships. And then helping these relationships around them succeed, right? So it goes back to the adage, you've got to dig the well before, before you need water. It does you no good to start digging the well when you're dehydrated and thirsty. So if you want to do something great in your life, you have to find ways to add value to those people around you. You have to find ways to ex- expand your influence and your reach. You have to build genuine relationships. And you have to be extremely generous with zero expectations of anything in return. Because if you're building relationships and if you're trying to, quote unquote, get close to people with an ulterior motive or agenda, they're going to sense that. Right. So you just have to be willing to build relationships, be super generous with the resources at your hand, your time, your talents, your network, helping other individuals exceed with zero expectations. So don't keep score. Don't keep score with who you've helped, how you've helped them, expecting them to help you in return. Because by understanding this, it's always going to come back to you. Even though you don't ex- or even though you have zero expectations by being generous and by helping others, it's always going to come back to you. And the wealthy understand this. They always they understand this will always come back to them. When they need something, people will be willing to help because they've been so generous and been willing to help other individuals. When opportunities arise, because they've built a network and and genuine relationships, they're likely to know about those. And oftentimes they're invited to join in on those opportunities. So now you're doing business with people you know, like, and trust, that old adage. And that's really how things get done. So I see this all the time in the investing world, especially with private investments. In order to get deal flow coming across your desk, you have to either know somebody in your network or you have to be introduced to somebody through your network, right? Because private placements, there's a lot of regulations around them. You just can't massively solicit them. So to to really understand or or to really kind of, if you get in the deal flow, if you will, You've got to have a network of individuals that are willing to pass those deals uh, along to you. So that's probably, those are the five attributes with number five relationships being the most important. So if you look at your life and if you want to build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve, analyze these five attributes, look at them, say, Hey, where am I strong? Where am I weak? Where can I improve? And then simply make a game plan for improvements over the next six, 12, 18, 24 months. And the best part about this list as I look at it is there's nothing on it that 90% of the world can't access. So there's no excuses. It's not, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't born into this family or I didn't have access to, to uh, these resources. None of that matters. When you look at the most common attributes from the wealthiest, the wealthiest individuals out there, 90% of this can absolutely be accessed by 90% of the people in the, in the world. So Thanks for listening. And until next time, go out and build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. Talk to you later. See ya. Hey, real quick. Are you a six or seven figure entrepreneur who's making great money, but like so many other unwealthy successes, you're not seeing your wealth grow. If so, I can help. Head over to nicholascjensen.com forward slash wealth and take my free wealth building assessment. Now learn how to become a strategic investor and start building the wealth you and your family deserve. Again, that's Nicholas, the letter C, Jensen.com forward slash wealth. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.